Father, in the name of Jesus. Yes. Lord, we magnify and we glorify your precious name. Yeah. Thanking you yet for another day, Lord God, that you have given us the opportunity, Lord God, to come before your throne of grace, Lord God, to give you praise, Lord God, because truly it is an honor and it is a pleasure, Lord God. Yes. A privilege yes. that it is to yes. be able to glorify you, Lord God. Yes. Because that privilege don't come without knowing and recognizing and understanding that, that you sent your son Jesus, Lord God. Not only to, to pay the price for our sins, Lord God, but you sent him, Lord God, to, to give us life, to lead us, Lord God, to give us an example on how to live the rest of our days, Lord God, until the day of visitation. So, Lord, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. And we pray right now, Lord God, as you speak to our hearts, Lord, I pray that every one of us, every one of us, that our hearts is open, Lord God. Right now, Lord God, open hearts. Remove pride, Lord God. Remove cares of life. Remove any thought or anything that was hindered them, any of us receiving your word right now, Lord God. Make it plain and very clear, Lord God. And I pray that every one of us, Lord God, that as we receive your word, that we would take it, that we would eat of it, Lord God, that it would be nourishment to our spirits, Lord God, and our soul, Lord God, that it would change us, Lord God, that it would rearrange us, Lord God, that after today, Lord God, this day, that we would never be the same, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. First Peter, glory be to God. First Peter chapter 1. And I just hear the Spirit of the Lord saying that we ain't going to be long. First Peter chapter 1. And I suppose that if we have to give a title, because I know some people like titles to the message. What is the Lord? Okay, I heard you. He says the title of this message then would be Hello? Is anybody home? Hello? Is anybody home? And he's saying that this is a this title is kind of sarcastic because this ain't no hello that somebody's knocking on a, your physical door of your home. But this is the, the hello. Have you ever seen or been in a situation where, you know, you're trying to convey something to somebody and they just don't seem to be there and you're like, hello, is anybody home? That's the title of this message, my friend. Hello, is anybody home? And I'd like to start in verse 3, First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. We had talked about this on a few weeks ago. This is the apostle uh, Peter and he is writing from Rome and he's writing to Asia Minor to the disbursement, uh, the, the people of God that has been dispersed there. And this was certainly to Jewish people as well as Gentiles. We know that most of these Jewish people had fled from Jerusalem after the outbreak of the persecution. Uh, in the martyrdom of, of Stephen that is found in, in Acts chapter 8 there. 
But here Peter is writing a letter, and, and I don't know if you've ever studied First Peter, but if you have, this letter that, that he wrote here is one that it, it's, it's one that uh, I refer in, in the men's meaning to one that will bust you in the chest, if I can say it like that, because it, it's, it's a stern letter. It's a stern letter of encouragement, but at the same time, it's straightforward. And it speaks the unadulterated truth of God. And as we are living in the time, my friends, that, that, that that's exactly what is called for to the church, to the church of Jesus Christ right now. We living in a time that, that, you know, that is so far removed from the original church. The, uh, you know, the, the church of the, from the day of Pentecost that, that, that this word is relevant in this hour for each and every one of us. That God is saying that right now I need to put something right before you that's just going to sock you in the chest, my friend. He's saying, hello, is anybody home uh, on today? And Peter, as he uh, wrote this letter to the, the, the pilgrims in Asia Minor there, he, he spoke to them with some encouraging words. But at the same time, he spoke to them, like I said, with the word. That is even a right now word, amen. In First Peter chapter one, verse three, he starts off, and I just want to—we're going to read through this uh, a bit, and then God is just going to speak to our hearts. It says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to His abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead." To an inheritance that's incorruptible. Somebody need to know what you've been blessed with today, my friend. That we have been blessed by the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who by, uh, according to his abundant mercy, see, some of, of us need to recognize today the abundant mercy of God. Some of us, we are, you know, we love God and we believe in God, I should say. And we love him and the love that we have for him is uh, according to uh, us. Yeah. So when we say that we love God, then we mean it. But we saying it from a place that, that's us, us, the, the abundant mercy of God and, and the love of God that he's calling us to, uh, uh, to be in with him is not from us. It's from him, my friend. And this is the reason why he gave his only begotten son to be an example Glory be to God, the greatest example. He says that there's no greater love than this than the one one would lay down their life for their friend. And we know that even as he spoke that to us out of the first John, that it's not uh, asking us to lay down our lives in the sense that Christ did, but it's asking us to lay down our lives, lay down you, lay down this flesh that you may be able to live to love and to be that which God wants for your brother. Amen. The greatest love that one could ever do is to lay down their life for the, their friends. To die to yourself. Glory be to God. That the living God may be able to reach someone through you. Are you here with me today, my friends? And it starts by him telling us and reminding us of the heavenly inheritance that we have. See, because to really be able to receive that which God wants us to, to, to have and to operate, especially in this day and time, you got to know what your inheritance is. You got to know what this really is all about. That's why he's saying, hello, is anybody home? Because see, for much of the church today, we are, our, our concentration 
are, are the things that we actually are living for is not what he put this word is saying and we're going to touch on that here in just a second but the latest foundation God is saying through uh, the apostle here to the church there and also to us today that you got to know this has to begin with un with the understanding of your heavenly inheritance and that came through the abundant mercy that God has begotten to us again God has begotten us again to a living hope do you know what a living hope is a living hope is that which we have today only because of Christ Jesus. It's, 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 it's like the preacher uh, uh, said this morning as in, in, in prayer time. It's about because Jesus took on the appropriation for the Father. That he says that I will be that bridge for you, O Lord. Glory be to God. That he's not just our Redeemer, but he was the He is our Redeemer, but he was the appropriation for, for God. And that's the part, yes, we missed that, my friend. We missed that because he, we are so concentrated on him being the Redeemer that we never realized that which he did for God in order for him to be our Redeemer. It's God had to be satisfied first and foremost. If there was no satisfaction to God, then there is no redemption of man. Amen. And we know that, that the, 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 the proof in the pudding that God was satisfied is the resurrection. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So as we continue here in laying this foundation that you today, God is saying today, do you know what your heavenly inheritance is? Because if you know what the heavenly inheritance is, then guess what? See what it says in verse five. In the verse four, I'll, I'll pick up at verse four again. He says that as Christ has been raised from the dead, it says that to an inheritance that is incorruptible and undefiled, that those excuse me that does not fade away, that's reserved in the heavens for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time somebody missed that so I'm about to back up somebody missed that so again backing up to verse 3 it says blessed be the God and the Father hear, hear what God is saying of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope he's given us a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that's incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away. Glory be to God. But here's the good news, my friend. That, but it's also reserved in heaven for you. And guess what? This, this reservation that is made in heaven for you is not kept by you. It says in verse 5, who are kept by the power of God. Come on, somebody. See, we got to know today and see some of us think that you know that we can continue to do good and, and that's gonna get us there see when we've accepted Jesus by faith as, as Ephesians chapter 2 says in verse 8 that it's by faith that you have been saved through grace it's not of your works it's not by your works my friend but it's by the grace of God in us believing and trusting in the way that he says that, that you can come to him. 
So, oh, by the way, then that means that there's a one way, as Jesus said, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we can't just come to any kind of way, my friend. And we know that we live in a time now and in a world right now that many people love God, but they don't want nothing to do with Jesus. And the Bible tells us in 1 John that without the Son, you have nothing. Glory be to God. So there is one way unto the Father. We talked about that earlier in, in the you know, in the words of encouragement here, my friends, that, that there's coming a day and that the Bible speaks of in this latter times, and there are many is gonna be surprised. Because at the resur- uh, at the second coming of Christ Jesus, then some knees is gonna, gonna hit the, the pavement, my friend. And it's gonna be because they see Jesus for who he is. And they're gonna know in that moment of time that, that there was one way. Until the Father. And it wasn't because Jesus said that I am the way, but it was because God says He is the way. Glory be to God. So that God that you want, then we ought to start listening to what He said. And He says that I the one whom whom somebody say whom? The one whom I sent is my son. Over and over again, throughout the word of God, you will see God himself proclaiming that whom he sent is the son. It's not the way you want to come, but it's, you got to come by whom he sent, my friends. And this is what he's saying here that we got to recognize. And, and, and we speaking to a, a body of believers and followers of Jesus Christ, and that is the good news today. Then I'm here to encourage you and, and give you a, a deeper revelation, my friend, by the Spirit of the Living God. That this reservation, did you know that first of all, did you know that you have a reservation? Hallelujah. That's what the word of God says. See, this, this, this reservation was made not because of your good works. Not because you called the 800 number, my friend. But this, this reservation was made because of the resurrection of Christ Jesus. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And that your faith in believing that Jesus is the Son of God. It gives us an inheritance that's incorruptible, my dear. One that is undefiled. Glory be to God. And one that does not fade away. Hallelujah. And it, one that is reserved in heaven for you. See, this, this reservation was made for you, David. It ain't one that you called up. The 800 number. God is God. To get this reservation, no. All the only thing that you have to do is say yes, yes, Lord. Jesus is the Son of God. I believe today the Bible. Well, what you have to do is what Romans chapter ten, verse nine and ten says that you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, and you shall be saved today. Glory be to God. We're talking about Jesus. See, this is a reservation that only Jesus can make. And it's one that the Bible describes here that is kept. Look at verse 5. This reservation is kept by the power of God through faith for salvation. Then that, uh, let me don't, not just stop there. But this reservation is kept by the power of God through faith for salvation. Ready to be revealed in the last time. It's ready. It's ready, my friend. Are you ready today? See, it's ready today. Is anybody home? Knock, knock. Is anybody home? See, God is laying the foundation here. So in verse 6 it says, in this, in this, if you know this, if you recognize this, 
if you got any understanding of this, it says, in this we greatly rejoice, though for a little while, if need be, you may be grieved by various trials. Oh, that's where the problem comes in. God is wanting you to understand today. See, some of us is paying more attention to the trials, the various trials, and we forget about our inheritance, my friends. See, you got to know what your inheritance is first and foremost. Because then when the various trials come, my friend, then you'll know you'll have it in proper order. You'll be able to say, yes, somebody's home here. You will be able to say yes to somebody's home. See, right now we living in, 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 a, in a time that yes, the church is being attacked on all sides. And, and not only are we living in time, see, this is something that the Apostle Peter seen for the, the, those that was scattered about. They, as a matter of fact, they had, uh, had left Jerusalem because of the persecution and had fleed out into the areas of Asia Minor that the Roman Empire was in control of. And woe to that man because it wasn't no better even out there. The persecution wasn't just in Jerusalem, but it was spread all over the world. And right now we living in a time, and I speak this to you, my friend, that the church is being come against. And it ain't just the, the church as you and me. This is they coming a, a, it's an attack against God Himself. See, because it's time to draw near. But there is some good news to this, my friend. And the good news is, is this, is that there is a way for us to live before the, the, the God the Father. There's some understanding that we have to have in the form of that we are pilgrims. This is not our home, my friend. That we are sojourners. We are foreigners in this land. Glory be to God. And the only reason why we are pilgrims in this land is because we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, my friend. See, when we was redeemed, then we got a new home. Glory be to God. We ain't from here no more. But if you don't know what your inheritance is, and if you don't know where you actually live at, then you'll be just when they say, knock, knock, is anybody home? You'll be just as stunned right there. We got to know where we from now. We are pilgrims in this land, my friend. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's not for us to be moved by some various trials. Because the trials for this land is for us to endure. Glory be to God. There was a, the, there's a word that came. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, there was a word that came out of this. As God was ministering this to me, he said all Christians you know, got to understand first and foremost that we are a disbursement in this place just as they were dispersed in the land of Asia and Minor that we in our time here is a disbursement my friends and in that disbursement there comes serious and severe persecution this is all Christians however are temporarily deployed on assignment by God in this land in this the land that is not our own. Glory be to God. It's the same thing that, that, that God used Abraham for in Genesis chapter 15. It's the same thing that the Bible speaks of in Philippians chapter 3. Go there with me real quick. 
Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 is the same thing that the word of God speaks of right there. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20. That we got to know where our citizenship is at, my friend. If we don't know where our citizenship is, you're going to have a problem. Because every various trial is going to bother you. Why is it going to bother you? It's going to bother you because you, you don't know that this ain't your home. You don't know that you are here on temporary assignment. And see, if you don't know that you, this ain't your home, then that means that you're thinking it is your home. If you don't know that you are here on temporary assignment, then you're thinking some, the opposite of that. So when trouble comes against my home, then I got a problem. When trouble comes against my, what, what I think is, is my permanent place, then I got a problem. You got to know what your citizenship is. Actually, I'll back up to verse 17. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. It says, brother, join in following my example and know those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. It says, for many walk from whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the Christ of cross. Excuse me, enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, who set their minds on things of the earth. That's where the problem is, my friend. So even here, as he's writing here in Philippians, Paul is writing to the Philippians, he's not talking about people that ain't even uh, call themselves in the church. He's not talking about non-believers here. He's talking about people that is associated with the church. But the problem is here is that their God is not God. Their God is their bellies. Their God is their, their creed. Their God is what they want. Their God is what they expect from God, not what God expects from them. This is where the problem is. And so it leaves them at a place that they, their affections is set on things of the earth, not on things in heaven. And he says, for you and me, my friends, we got to know this, for our citizenship is in heaven. From which we also eagerly wait for the, uh, the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, whom will transform our lowly bodies that it might be conformed to his glorious body. According to the work by which he is able even to do, subdue all things. Come on, somebody say all things. To himself. And God gave him the power to do that. Yes, yes. See, what we got to understand, he said, well, I don't, I'm, I'm getting kind of confused, Pastor. Well, glory be to God. Let me make it very plain and very clear because the real reality is this. Is that there's cares of life that's coming against us. That's right, Pastor. And if we don't understand our inheritance, our heavenly inheritance, first and foremost, if we don't understand where we're going, if we don't understand the, the hope that we have that's in Christ Jesus, you know, if we just, if, if our hope in Christ Jesus is just for us to, 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 to be a child of God, to get something from him right here and right now, you cut yourself way short, my friend. As a matter of fact, you cut yourself so short that you'll be just like one of these that's an enemy to the cross. 
because it's an embarrassing and it's an abomination to the cross for, for, for you to set your affections on things of the earth. The Bible says that set not your affections on things of earth, but on things in heaven. Glory be to God. <laughs> Where rust and, and, and moth won't corrupt. Glory be to God. And all that means is that we got to have our priorities in order. We got to start understanding truly what this is all about. We got to know that we are here on temporary assignment. That this place is not our home. Because when we begin to understand that, then several things will happen. First, we'll know how to give proper perspective to evangelism and discipleship. Oh, I'm speaking a foreign language. See, because that's the first thing that's gonna do when you're when you when you understand that this is not your home, and when you understand that your Second Corinthians chapter five says that if you were raised with Christ Jesus, that you were bought with a price, and that you should no longer live for yourself, but for Him who died for you and rose again. Glory be to God. That this life is not your own; it is to Him that you belong. We sing the songs. But there's some real meaning to what the songwriter is saying. And, that, and, it, and what it really means is that you don't have another minute nor an hour to live this life for yourself. Calling yourself a Christian. Even showing up to church sometimes. But it's time right now that God is knocking on the door of every man's heart for us to get it right and get the proper understanding. And it starts with understanding that our inheritance. That it ain't here, my friend. Your inheritance is not here. I don't know if that's good news to somebody or bad news. This ain't your inheritance. What would it do for a man? What would it profit a man? To gain the whole world and lose his soul. Because he's storing his treasures up here and now, my friend. And it's foolish because we serve a God that has already said to us. You know, for my children, you don't have to worry what you should eat, what you should drink, what you should wear. He says that I'm God. I, I feed the birds of the air. I clothe the lilies of the valley. And you being my child, how much more? How much more? And God ain't just saying that. So yes, many of us are going through different trials. As soon as the trial comes, we, 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 we just fall over. Like a feather. Ain't attached to nothing. And God is saying, what is this? He's saying, hello. Is anybody home? Do you know who you are, the, uh, who you are bound by? Do you know who that you are, who you are linked to? Do you know who you are in? You are in Christ Jesus. And it's high time for us, my friend. I'm talking about the church. This is a plea from God from the bottom of his heart. And if we just looking for him to do all that we want him to do, then we missing the boat. Because your real boat in is, is you looking for him, for him to, to use you to do all that he wants to do. Because all that he wants to do through you, that's everything in your boat that you want is already there. 
But we can't see it. It's like uh, you can't see the forest for the trees. Because we want to do, oh God, you, you do this and then I'll do that. And he already know who you are. As soon as he do it, you ain't going to do nothing. And not only do he know who you are, you know who you are. And God is saying, I just need you to, to do it my way. So here in, in 1 Peter, we back there, he, he, there's two important things that we want to hit on. <coughs> Very quickly. And the first thing is, is that there's a way to live before God, the Father. And this is what Paul was encouraging them. With this understanding, if you know and understand that there is a reservation, my friend, that he has made. And he's faithful to keep his reservation. And that reservation is kept by the power of God. Glory be to God. It's him that keeps the reservation. And I know church and religion didn't show, didn't told us so much and led us to believe so much that some of us think that uh, we can cancel the reservation that God made. I'm going to say that again. That we somehow can cancel the reservation that God has made. If he made the reservation, if he really made the reservation, you can't cancel it, my friend. If he really made the reservation, you can't cancel it. It ain't even set up that way. It's set up that went by the grace of God and we just said, we just read it by his abundant mercy for us. That if he set the reservation, then uh, everything, it ain't nothing that you can do. That he ain't, that the blood of Christ Jesus had ain't already fixed. Ain't nothing that you will do. That the blood of Christ Jesus is not big enough, strong enough to, 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 to be the appropriation for that, my friend. He paid the price. Glory be to God. And see, for us, if we really understand that, then that ain't something that, uh, I'm talking about if you really understand that, if that has touched the bottom of your, 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 your heart, if it went down in your soul, that ain't something that, that, that you can even begin to think, oh, well, if that's the case, then I can do this, that, or whatever. It's impossible. Because if you have tasted the goodness, if you've tasted the goodness of the Lord, it will be impossible, my friend, for you to even have a mindset like that. This mind, the, 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 tasting this delicacy, it only brings about one reaction, and that's one that is what we just saw. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And we know it's because, how do, why do I love you? Because you first loved me. It's only because you love me. It's only because you love me. So in verse 13, it, it speaks to us. Here on how we ought to live before God. It says, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Hallelujah. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, some of us is looking forward to the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient 
children. That's how we do it. How do we look forward to the revelation of Christ Jesus as obedient children, my friend? Ain't no other, if, 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 if there ain't no other results. Not conforming yourself to the form of lust. As in your ignorance. See, when we didn't know, then you then God understood. But now that you know, there's no way that that's going to come forth. In verse 15, he says, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy. In all your conduct. We're talking about how do we live before the Lord, God. He's encouraging us on how to live before the Lord God. See, knowing that we have an inheritance that is not on this earth. Knowing that our, what our inheritance really is, that it's, it's uh, uncorruptible, it's undefiled. It won't fade away. And it's something that he has made a reservation for. I'm talking about those of us that are of the, the, the dispersion. Those of us that are the pilgrims. Those of us that realize that this is not our home. That we living in a foreign land, my friend. Be holy as he is holy. In all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy. For I am holy. And then verse 17 it says, and if you call on the Father. Who without partiality judges according to each one's work. Conduct yourself throughout the time. Of your stay here in fear or reverence. See, he's speaking to a particular thing, and he's speaking to one thing and one thing only. That in our conduct, as that we recognize one thing and one thing only, that we have a certain stay here, my friend. That is a, again is a reference to this is not your home. That we are pilgrims just passing through, and he says it behooves us to recognize the time of our stay here. In, in, in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with the corruptible things yeah. like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received both uh, by traditions of the Father but with the precious blood of Jesus is how you've been redeemed yeah. as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world. God had already picked it out for him to be the not only the redeemer but the appropriation, glory be to God, but was manifested in the last times to you. Amen. Who through him believed in God. Who raised him from the dead and gave glory, gave him glory. So that your faith and hope is in God. Do you get it? God is trying to set, set us free right now from ourselves. And from the wrong understanding, my friend. That our time here is for him. And if you're living for anything other than that, my friend. I'm telling you right now. Just as he was weeping for those, as Paul was weeping for those that, that was your know, enemies of the cross and did not know it. My heart is full with compassion for you today. See, because some of us think that uh, we're doing God's service by coming to church for a, a, a time or two. Some of us think that we're doing God's service because we uh, say amen sometimes.
time though we give them a, a, a prayer of thanksgiving every now and then usually on thanksgiving are you kidding me if you have any hopes if your hope is rested on what the true hope is and that is a reservation with the Lord then there's no way that we can be treating God that way because obviously you don't know what your inheritance is, my friend. That would be like a natural man that has an, that's inherited uh, 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 200 acres, you know, uh, with, with all kinds of houses and property on it that's worth millions and millions of dollars and don't know what his inheritance is. So he's living on the streets. Standing in front of 7-Eleven saying, can you help me with a 50 cents? Because he don't know what his inheritance is. For any of us that think we're doing God's service because we show up a little bit, or, or we do this or we do that, then my friend, you living without knowing your inheritance, you might as well go stand in front of 7-Eleven. Because that's all it adds up to, my friend. And I don't care what high-rise building you live in or what job you got. You standing in front of 7-Eleven is what you doing. And it's crazy because you rich to no end. And don't know. And don't know. Today is the day that God is saying, I need you to understand something. In the, in, 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 in to wait for you to live before me in my call in your conduct to holiness in godliness it's not for you to prove to me anything but it's for you to walk in everything that I've already set you in that I may be able to use you as a vessel that I can that, that, that I can shine a light in a dark place that someone will come to know me. So yes, our purpose for being here is only for God to use us that somebody else can come to know him. And if you're living for anything else, my friend, you're headed down a road of destruction. Now I'm talking about with your whole heart and your whole life. That ain't no part-time basis. That's a decision that you can make today. And, and that's all that it takes is a decision. So this ain't something that you have to, uh, you know, uh, work out. You can't work it out anyway. This is only a decision that you have to make. And the Lord is pleading with us today because there are some things in, in, in the church, in the body of Christ, excuse me, that God is wanting to do right now. And some of us is blocking or hindering what God is wanting to do because we're not willing to step out and just say yes. Yes to your will, oh God. Some of us are just not afraid to say yes. Because see, yes means that I give you control and I lose control. And I'm being used to being in control. And this is a serious matter. This is a serious matter because people are leaving this place every single day, my friend. And it ain't uh, just old folks. So with my mama now, I understand what my mama and them used to sing, that this may be my last time. I understand what they were saying now. 
Because I'm seeing some people every single day that didn't know that this was that was their last time. And don't be foolish to think that that can't be you or me. So today is the day. In the day that you hear his voice, the Bible says, hard not your heart. And then the second thing is living before the world. See, once God has got us rightly living before him. And let me just say this before we go to the second one. Because some of us think that morality takes the place of holiness. Some of us think that morality takes the place of holiness just as long as I'm good. And that's full of pride. And yes, it makes it all about you. It glorifies you. And the fact of the matter is, morality is nothing more than keeping, uh, it's, it's done on the outside. It's, it's you living by a set of standards that's set on the outside. But holiness don't come from the outside, my friend. Holiness is an inward change, glory be to God. It's a heart change, it's a soul change, it's a, it's a change that's on, on the inside that manifests itself on the outside, glory be to God. So it ain't good enough to be morally good. Come on, come on, come on, Your heart has to change towards God. And your pursuit for doing right and doing good is because of your love for God born out of the mercy and his abundant grace that he's extended to you and you know it for yourself. See, this starts with him, so this makes it about him. This starts with him, so this glorifies him, my friend. See, morality starts with you and it's going to glorify you. See what I did? And then it actually begins to measure itself only against others. Yeah. That has nothing to do with God. Nothing to do with God. Holiness has all to do with the Father. Glory be to God. Don't get it confused, my friend. Because we live in a world right now that through social media and all these other things will lead you to believe a whole bunch of stuff. So if God has us to live with the proper understanding before him, that our pursuit to, to, to godliness and holiness will stand in persecution and various trials comes from the bottom of my heart. And it's because, and I can sustain this or I can walk in this because one thing that I do know, that this is not my home. So I'm not trying to, I'm not worried about what I accomplish in this world. I'm not worried about what legacy that man say that I have when I'm gone from here. Because there's only one legacy, my friend, that means anything under the sun. 
And that ain't one that you can lay. That's one that's already been laid by the redemption and the appropriation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the only legacy. Think about it. Be careful, my friend, because some of us didn't even talk about our legacy. You ain't got now. That don't mean anything. Because see, when you stand before the King, when you stand before God Almighty, when you stand before Jesus Christ Himself, we don't see what your legacy means, even if it can even come to your mind. You would be like a, a, a bad man trying to think of your legacy before the King. Just think about it. That's the truth. Who will stand against the Lord? No one can. And no one will. So let us put our legacy to the side, my friend, and seek the legacy that means something on today. See, because your legacy means, again, it goes back to, it makes it about you. Be careful, my friend. Instead of leaving a legacy, get on the legacy. The one that's already laid. Get linked to the legacy. Get hooked up with the legacy. Glory be to God. And you'll do yourself well. This is what we got to understand. In living before God. And then in, 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 in First, uh, First Peter chapter 2, he goes on to talk to us and tells us about how then, and only then, that we can properly as believers live before the world, that he can use us to live before and in the world. In verse 11 of second, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners, oh, there it is, and pilgrims. <coughs> He's reminding us, you ain't, this ain't your house. This ain't your home. I beg you as, uh, and, and plead with you as sojourners and pilgrims abstain, abstain from fleshly lust which wears against your soul. And what does he mean? He's talking about quit pursuing the things of the flesh and putting them before the things of God. Understand that this is not your home. Because what it will do is it will have your conduct then become honorable amongst the Gentiles. And the Gentiles here is not talking about the nation of people. It's talking about the world system versus God's system. Yeah. That when they speak against you, when, the, when the, the, the world system sees your conduct they, and they speak against you as an evildoer, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. And there's two schools of thought here about the day of visitation that he's talking about. The one, first and foremost, is which uh, I believe that is in full context, is the day of visitation is for that non-believer. He's talking about that when the, the world, the world system, the people of the world, non-believers speak against you. And they see your good conduct. They don't understand it then. But if we've been the witness that God has called us to be, that they have a chance on the day of visitation when the Spirit of God knocks on the door of their heart. That they've seen something that they can, that they can lean back onto, that God has shown them an example of something that, they, that he can point back to that will draw 
called them to him. Somebody still don't understand what I'm talking about. So let me give you an example, my friend. See, on your job, you being the, 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 the believer on your job, and there's somebody on your job that, that's a non-believer. Matter of fact, and, 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 and there's several of them on your job that's non-believers. And here's one that, that came against you. They're going to go to the, the manager and tell all sorts of lies about you. Trying to get you fired because they want your position. Does somebody know what I'm talking about? In there, but then, uh, but instead of you becoming like them, then you leave it in the. This is one of them various trials that you ain't moved by because I'm steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So I know that I know that I know that God got this. Glory be to God. So not only do I not uh, lash back at them, but I begin to pray for them. Hallelujah. I began to even love them like this. Guys, the word of God says, love your enemies and do good to those who despitefully use you, my friend. See, that's the good works that they observe. Hallelujah. And they don't understand it. Because see, what they used to is that when they did that before at the other job, then the person lashed out of them. Matter of fact, they, they had to leave that job because it ended up in destruction because, see, the other person, they weren't taking that. They was walking in the flesh and they said, you, who do you think I am? You ain't gonna treat me like that. See, some, you know, some of us know what I'm talking about because we even did that. But God said, no, I don't need you to do that anymore. What I need you to do is allow the love of God. Pray for your enemy. So, and the enemy ain't the one that you hate, it's the one that's coming against you, glory be to God. Let's keep it in context. And see, then what they witnessed is something that they ain't seen before. Now, I know she said that she was a Christian, but wow, I can't believe that. Yeah, she came to me and she said, I know what you did, but, but don't worry. It's all right because God got me. And I'm going to love you anyway. And I'm going to pray for you anyway. I'm going to serve you anyway. And so I'm going to still, is there anything I can do for you? I know that you lied on me, but that's okay. God is in control. You ain't in control, so I ain't, I ain't mad at you. Matter of fact, I'm a, I need to help you because you need to quit acting like that. Is there something that I can do for you? Let me pray for you. And I ain't talking about with no haughty spirit or nothing like that, but I'm talking about with the, with, with the love of God and full operation. See, because then the day of visitation, was the, it, it, it came after that for that person. See, some tragic happened in that person's life. You know, maybe a, a, a friend or a, a relative had a car, a bad car accident the next night. And, 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 this, and it took this person into a, a deep depression. And, they, and, and this person uh, took them so deep that they, 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 they said, I remember, Lord, they, they, well, uh, they called on the name of the Lord because they said, I know somebody. Yeah. It said something about this God. Yes. Not that I ever believed in you, but I need you now. If you are a real God, then I need you to help me right now. And the day of visitation came. Glory be to God. The Spirit of the living God said, Yes, that's all I need. I'm here right now. And he brings back to the memories. You remember that co-worker that you came up against? You remember that spirit that you seen in them that you didn't understand? Oh, I, I see it now. It's right before me. Yes, I want that spirit. Glory be to God. This is a serious thing, my friend. See, some then think that the day of visitation is 
when Jesus come again. I'm talking about in context here. I'm not so sure of that because in the day of context, because this says that in the day of visitation they will glorify him. In the, in, the, in the indication is that they will glorify him because they had a chance, not because they didn't have a chance. So even in the day of visitation, they don't glorify him. But this here gives an, an indication that that person is going to glorify him because they have a chance and because they know the Spirit of God and they've witnessed it, they've experienced it. This smells like something I've been through before. This looks like something I, I've seen before. Where was that? Oh, it was on my job. That, yeah, it was that lady on my job. Can God use you for that today? Can we live before the world? See, this is how he wants us to live before the world. That we can be a witness to the kingdom of God. This is what your life and your time and your stay here is all about. And right now, my heart is heavy right now because there's many people that want God but are not willing to humble themselves. They want to say yeah, and, and they'll quickly say, yes, I love you, Lord. And they do from that, their place. But God don't need you to love him from your place. He needs you to love him how he wants you to love him. See, see somebody know what I'm talking about because there's been people in your life that loved you the way they wanted to love but they could not love you and would not love you the way that you needed to be loved. And where are they now? Ain't none of them in your life. Not today. God needs us to love him the way he, he needs us to love him, not the way we want to love him. Not the way we want to. Even in your good intentions and your best your motivation ain't good enough, my friends. It takes a whole heart. It ain't nothing less than that. And as I stand before you today, my friend, and God has given us this time, it's, today is the day that we give Him our whole heart. We can't play this game no more. Half of it ain't good enough. Three quarters ain't good enough. That's it, that's it. I'm talking about the, we ain't talking to non-believers. I ain't got to tell you about no hell fight. It's not going to be good enough anyway. I'm talking about love. See, love moves. I'm talking about true love. And I ain't talking about this place. I'm talking about the true love of God. When the true love of God has moved upon you, how and is compelling you, how can you stay there? How can you stay in that place? Stubbornness or pride and everything else is making you sit in that seat and no, I ain't gonna move. No, God, I'm just gonna love you the way I wanna love you. And that should be good enough to you. That's what you might as well be saying. Because it says to live for him, it said as obedient. He's calling for our obedience. And our obedience ain't, he's not calling for our obedience uh, to bind us. He's calling for our obedience for the work of the kingdom. It's to accomplish something. Not to depress you or to, or to bind you. Come on. 
bind me up. It ain't nothing different than we talked about the children of Israel a couple of weeks ago. In Deuteronomy, when he was brought, he brought them out of the land of Egypt, and then they gonna they, they gonna be disobedient, then they're gonna tell God to his face that you all you only brought us out to destroy us. Are you kidding me? How foolish is that? He didn't brought you out of slavery to destroy you. And that's how twisted our mind is when it comes to the things of God. Where pride is. And God is saying no more. Today is the day that you get set free, my friends. Today is the day. He said, don't hold on to that pride. I need all of it in there. And, just, and, and all I need is a commitment, a decision. That's all I need is a decision, he said. Because just what Jesus said in John chapter 14, he says that it, even when he was here, he made a decision and God did the work. So if Jesus depended on God to do the work for him while he was here, then what, we can't do it no, no different. We're not been, been, uh, better than the master. We need God to do it. And, I, and God says, no, I'll do it. If you make a decision, I just need you to say yes to my will. Yes to my way. And to not fear. So would you say yes to me? Are you willing to say yes to me? Just say yes. Will you ask them to lead the way? Don't be afraid.